Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast. Real conversations about mental wellness because no one should feel alone. Join your hosts, Dr. Nicola Felton and John Fouts, as they discuss relevant topics suggested by listeners just like you. Keep in mind that our content is for edutainment purposes only since a podcast is a one-way street. We hope that we can inspire you to find therapy if you need it. Yeah, and give you some laughs while we're at it. This, this movement um, that Generation Z has, and my son's in Generation Z, mm-hmm. uh, is really powerful. I, I, um, I mean, they're, you know, I can't agree or disagree with whatever they're doing because they are making changes. And there's mm-hmm. changes that our generation tried to make, but it just didn't happen. Right. Um, I don't know if, I, you know what, I don't even know where our topic is today. We're just. I figured we were going to continue what we started last Monday because it's still very relevant. And, um, you know, um, it's trying to get people to understand the movement is tough because Mm -hmm. there are too many people that are like, oh, well, yeah, black lives matter, white lives matter, red, yellow, we all matter, whatever. And that's fine. But I mean, there's so many awesome allegories out there, illustrations showing what that means you know like there's the person who uh did the cartoon where one of the the stick figures had fallen down and like broken his leg and someone was comforting that person and then you know and he said oh my leg hurts and then the other person standing with two perfect legs said oh well my legs matter too and so you know it's the same thing i think it was chris rock who said you know um if one house is on fire does the fire truck have to hose down the whole neighborhood you know, that, and all these make sense. And people mm-hmm. need to understand this needs to be our focus right now. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like, you know, do we, the, the dam is, is breaking. So, and we've put band-aids on these cracks and these fissures that are growing for years and years and years and years. And I mean, like hundreds of years, um, as soon as people started caring, I think they, some patchwork kind of went up, but instead of trying to look at the, the problem, you know, we, we need to look at a solution, not just, you know, putting a Band-Aid on it so that we can have this happen over and over again, if that makes any sense. Yes, and um, and I think that that's what the thing was, because um, when we first had the protest and um, everyone was saying, okay, the police officer's been arrested now, he was at that time charged with third-degree murder, and they were still protesting. Mm-hmm. And then they said, oh, okay, well, let's let's arrest the other uh, police officers that were involved and the ones that were observed. And, right. Um, so they said, okay, so now they can stop protesting. And they didn't. Uh, and so it, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was uh, another, you know, uh, uh, commentator came on and said, you know, this is not about this one life. Right. This is about everything. And this is about ripping the Band-Aid mm-hmm. off 
and watching it bleed. And we need, because what, when, you know, I think their analogy was we're, when, when we rip the bandaid off and we see it bleeding, we cut rear back up. Right. And we're letting all the hate and all the anger and everything hold it in there. And then when something else happens, we ripped it off again. We never finished bleeding out the first time. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, that that's why it has to stop because things have to change. And so I did read an article. It may have been this morning, but it may have been yesterday evening. But basically it was about um, Minneapolis and some other areas as well basically tearing through the police force. And so if you mm-hmm. had some uh, police brutality claim against you where someone actually thought a claim, you were going to be gone. Right. Uh, and they're basically going to go through and said, you know, we need to do assessment and see whether you know, these people really are, are racist. Right. We need to do assessment if they're really afraid to do their job. Uh, because even if you claim that you're not racist, but you are afraid of what may happen to you and you're trying to police the streets, then that fear could cause someone to get killed. And so that's, you know, because like, okay, you don't have a weapon, but you don't have this and you don't pose a threat, but I'm afraid of you. Like, you know, how are you going to protect and serve um, anyone if Mm -hmm. you're afraid of what, you know, society will do to you of any race? Right. And so you can't, you can't be afraid, you know, it's just like being in the military. Of course, I didn't necessarily condone war, but I was in the Marine Corps. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, it was like uh, you won't see me protesting against the war, um, but technically I signed up. You know right. what I'm saying? And so it's like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You cannot be afraid to carry a weapon. You can't jump every time you hear a loud noise. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't be afraid to die. Right. Um, and it's, you know, that's that's just one of those things because that's what you signed up for. Right. And perhaps you should be delivering boxes. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that, you know, that that makes you less of a threat to other people. So you become dangerous because of your fear. Right. Uh, and and if you're afraid, you probably shouldn't be doing something where you have to protect other people because mm-hmm. you almost have to be fearless. Mm-hmm. So um, and there are a lot of people out there that are able to do that job and not be afraid. Mm hmm. So, but yeah, so it's just been pretty, pretty amazing. So the movement has been, um, you know, I'm not saying I'm sitting on the sidelines and watching, but I'm sitting on the sidelines watching in amazement. (laughs) Um, And, um, you know, listening to these young people's thoughts. I watched a video the other day that I probably would never have watched under any normal circumstances, but it was a young girl and she was uh, yelling back at this older man. She was saying, you're wrong and um, black lives matter, all lives matter. Um, but you cannot be separating people and you cannot be judging people on the mm-hmm. basis of their race. And I was like, who is she yelling at? And I thought she was a, a bit disrespectful because of the way she was yelling. But she was so passionate. Mm-hmm. And I was that's that's Generation Z. And then you go down and you read and like, what is this video about? She was talking to her father. Wow. And I was like, wow, you know, because one thing that I do know is that racism starts and you're educating your children. Right. Most children are raised in a really good structured home with uh, rules and they're, you know, just realizing that everyone matters, you know, however you want to put it. They're mm-hmm. not going to go out into the world and someone change their opinion and all of a sudden they become racist. No, that's taught from the very beginning. That's right. And so to see this this young person teaching her dad in the best way she knew how mm-hmm. uh, that he was wrong. I thought that was pretty amazing. Cause I'm just like, if we can get to the point where children can reeducate themselves mm-hmm. and unlearn that, which they may have been 
inadvertently taught. So I'm not saying people sit down and go, you're going to hate black people, you know, but <laughs> um, if, if kids hear negative comments, you know, right. they're going to follow suit with this, just how we feel. They're right. just, they're lazy. They're this, they're that, you know, and we right. come up with that idea, but right. somehow some way in the world, she figured out that her father's opinion um, was racist in nature and she was fighting against that. Yeah. And uh, it was just really amazing to, to hear. And I said, no wonder she's continuing to go on. Cause I'm just like, why are you waste your time talking to this person? Mm-hmm. Um, but she really needed him to hear what she had to say. And she's probably one of the few people that he really would take the time to have a conversation back and forth with about his own beliefs mm-hmm. because that was his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, that's one way we could do it right there is get the children to reeducate the parents mm-hmm. um, because the parents are going by what they learned when they were little. Right. And not really realizing that, you know, times have changed. And then bottom line is we cannot be murdering people in the street. Like no. we need to stop. Um, and, you know, for the last week or so, there have been people of many races that were protested, the protesters mm-hmm. um, that were unarmed that were killed. Mm-hmm. Uh I heard about at least six and I was like, you know, this is, um, it's really scary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm watching, um, you know, these protests, peaceful protests go on around the globe. New Zealand had a huge turnout. I know England has had a, t- a huge turnout, but it seems like more of more violence from the police force. Yeah. And this isn't knocking the policemen. I know policemen who are fine yeah. individuals and they're very honorable and they try to honor everybody um, and give everybody the benefit of the doubt, um, innocent until proven guilty and, and all that. But um, but I see more police brutality in the United States than around the mm-hmm. globe. Now, is it just not being reported, do you think? Or um, is it just really highlighting the issue in the U.S. And then, of course, where was it that um, two police officers were being fired because of police uh, police brutality? And so another 99 are saying, you know what? You can have my hat. You can have my badge. You can have my gun. I'm done. Um, and then I think it's in Minneapolis where, uh, I don't know, some governing body got together and said, you know what? We're going to disband the police force. We're going to give all power and authority to um I, I even made notes and I'll have to find it in a minute, but, but they're saying, you know, just let, um, you know, communities police themselves, which that doesn't work either. We saw that in, um, the Aubrey case where two white men decided they were going to police the neighborhood because a black man can't go jogging without being guilty. And you heard the nine one one call where it's like, okay, so you're calling this, this, this guy's in a black shirt. No, he's, he's a black guy. What's he doing? He's running. That was his, that was all. And they hunted him down. So mm-hmm. I don't think you look at, you know, the, the whole stand your ground scenario, which has worked against numerous people. So I don't think this is a solution. And I don't think people are, are listening to what's being said and sitting down and going, wow, you know what? Let's, you know, the knee jerk reaction. We need to, we need to put a, a, you know, we need to stop the brutality, but then let's, let's look in this moment. But then let's look at why this happens. Let's look at how we can fix this in the long run. And, you know, I think about you and I, I think you mentioned that you watch uh, HBO's Watchmen, the TV show. Mm -hmm. And Mm when, um, you know, when Looking Glass was interrogating to try to see who was a part of this racist regime in the um, Mm -hmm. um, in the TV series. And why? I mean, like, I think psychologically policemen need to be um 
you know, not interrogated. There's a better term for that, but you get what I'm saying. We need, I think they need to go through psychological evaluation. Yeah. They need need to be screened. Yeah. um, Yeah. When you're in, when you're in the military, you come in, like your whole interviewing process is about what's going on with you. But when you go to the maps, the the military station to determine whether or not, you know, make that last step, Mm -hmm. um, you're doing a, a, a physical and it's um, psychological um, assessment as well as a physical assessment. And then when you go to your military base before you go to certain schools, they do another psychological evaluation. Mm-hmm. Before you're shipped off to combat a war, they do another psychological evaluation. Because mm-hmm. the thing of it is, is that you're going to war. You're going to be given weapons that you're going to have 24 hours a day. You're going to be given ammunition. Mm-hmm. You cannot be afraid to go. That's one. Two, you ca- cannot discriminate against the people that you're going to fight against. You have to realize that you're not fighting against a people because of their race, but you're fighting for whatever they're doing that's negative towards some, you know someone else. And most of the time we're going to defend some other country. But right. you cannot, you know, because if you capture them, they surrender. You have to take that surrender. And then you have to treat them with dignity and respect. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just go, well, I'm going to shoot you up because you're the people I'm coming over to kill. Because right. it's not about the person. It's, it's more political. And so I think that um, it's important for police officers to have the same type of mental status exam, you know, mm-hmm. and that's really basically like, how do you process things? How do you break things down? Mm-hmm. Uh, and giving them scenarios and asking them questions based on that scenario. When you have a police officer that has hurt someone, um, whether that person had a weapon or towards them or not, you still have to do again. Like, how are you processing things? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Do you have PTSD? Because being in one situation where someone may have almost hurt you or you did get shot, um, if you're dealing and struggling with that, then every time you see someone that reminds you of that person, whether they're the same race or not, mm-hmm. then you're going to have, you know, you, you've got to jump up and want to defend yourself because right. you've got some psychological things going on. And so I think it's important for police officers to go through that. So um, the the entire process of we're going to go ahead and disband the, the police force and let you police your own. It's one of those tactics that you use. Oh, you don't like the way I do things then do it yourself. Well, right. that's not the point. Right. That's that's not going to help anything. Um, you know, par- parents do that when they've gotten their wittings with the with the kids. Well, how about, how, you know, you want to see how it's going to be like to take care of yourself or to live on your own or <laughs> you know, to buy your own stuff. You know what I mean? And right. and, and, uh, and the kids like, no, 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 mom and daddy, you know, I need you. Well, society's not going to do that. Society's going right. to say, OK, fine. It's our own. Then we're just going to be a holy hot mess. Right. Um, so, you know, police officers. And that's the thing, like. You're supposed to be able to figure it out. That's why you have that that position and that role. Mm-hmm. It's because, you know, we put you in place. You can think clearer than we would think under stress. Um, and so just saying disbanding and let someone else slay you police yourself mm-hmm. is just not the answer to the question. Mm-hmm. Starting over, rescreening, getting some new uh, police officers in there. Yeah, that's going to that's going to help you mm-hmm. uh, figure out a new way to assess them to ensure that um, they're able to handle whatever situations they handle without fear, mm-hmm. um, then that's going to help you. And so, you know, kind of redesigning and restructuring the police force is um, what's going to be beneficial. So it's um, it's going to take some time. And I don't think that uh, Generation Z is going to let up until we've all figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really believe this generation is a force to be reckoned with. Like, you know, I'm listening to a 15 year old tell me how 
uh, society can be better and adults could listen a little bit more mm-hmm. and kind of, kind of accept that, um, you know, their thoughts and ideas may have worked at one point in time mm-hmm. in one point in time, but maybe not now. Right. Um, just kind of going into everything with an open mind. Um, and then knowing that there are kids up to, you know, up to the age of 25 who are graduating college and going out and really going to make the difference. They're going to be the ones that are going to be voting and they're going to be the ones that's going to make change. Cause we've got kids now that are um, able to vote. They were not able to vote four years ago, but now they can. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it's going to be a really big political movement with this, this mm-hmm. next thing. And I don't think it's going to matter who the president is going to be. I think that the uh, public is going to predict how this country is going to be run. Mm-hmm. Um, we have too many people who are no longer afraid to be who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're powerful. They really are. I'm just sitting back watching going, wow, this is pretty amazing um, to see them because everyone thinks that they know what they want. They know, we think we know what Generation Z wants. We don't. <laughs> they do. Right. Um, they may not tell us directly this, this, and this, but every time something happens and their movement brings about change, then they continue on with their movement because they've seen this before. I'll do this or you'll do that. And then this is okay. That changes and we'll stop. And we kind of go back to normal. And right. we talked about that. Right. Um, and I, I don't think that they want to do that. The mm-hmm. normal is not, not acceptable to them. Right. They're like, no, we've got a lot of things on the agenda and you just checked out the first one. Mm-hmm. So now we're on to the next and you have to figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. Well, this so. is a, uh, a, we live in a world of uh, complete transparency versus mm-hmm. 10 years ago, 20 years ago where things could be hidden. And so now when, when these things happen, whether good or bad, um, there's always at least a dozen people recording with their uh, phones and then posting on social media. So I think even in, you know, like as far as the president, I think now is a time where we should raise those standards, not just, wow, you know what? The last one sucked. Let's just order. Let's just get this guy in or this woman or whatever. Um, we need to say that there are some standards that need to be adhered to. And the things that are important to us need to be addressed, not just in passing like where, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to deal with this and I'm going to deal with that. Just elect me and I'll deal with it. No, that's um, no different than, um, gosh, there was some, um, oh, I know it was the end of Vikings, the TV series, where this guy made all these promises to everybody so that he could be made more or less the Viking king. And then one of the wise kings came to him and said, so how are you going to, you know, you've made all these commitments. How are you going to stick to it? And he said, I don't need to. I'm the king, you know? And I think that's been the case for far too long where it's like, hey, I'm the president. I can do whatever I want to do. No, you can't. You work mm-hmm. for us, the people, which mm-hmm. I think most of government has forgotten. And it's time for things to change. It's time for people to listen and make make good decisions and not just again that knee jerk like oh well we'll just we'll just uh, fire all the policemen and and whatever man that's not that's like you say that's kind of like when we had um you know the healthcare system that was broken and then um you know 
the revamped version, which is still broken. And so, you know, we haven't accomplished anything. And, you know, I mean, until it is good for all the people, then we need to keep working on it. But like you say, we'll, we'll, you know, start working on something, you know, like it's almost, I used the analogy last week of, um, you know, building something out of clay. And it's almost like you've worked the clay until it's soft. You've got all the air bubbles out and you start to form this vase and then go, ah, well, it looks like a vase. I'm moving on. But no, that's not mm-hmm. ready to hold water. We need <laughs> we need purposeful decisions with future thinking, not just in the present. What can we do to shut people up? Exactly. And that's what we've done a lot of, um, assuming we know whatever their movement is about and we want to mm-hmm. do whatever it can take, like you said, to shut them up for their let's you know, being right. in the moment. And right. that's not going to it's just not going to work this time. Mm-hmm. Um because they're protesting, and I saw it in the beginning when Trump was elected. There was so many protests. I kept thinking, how did he get elected? Because like, right. this seems like a lot of people said they did not vote for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was so confusing. And that went on for a very, very long time. Um, and then it kind of, you know, it's like everything else slowed down and stopped. Um, but this time I thought that they moved as quickly as they could, because I really don't know, um, to make arrests and changes and so forth. Mm-hmm. But then the protests continued. But what I know is this difference. That we have a lot of young people. We have a lot of parents supporting their young people going on protests. And they were in all 50 states mm-hmm. and even in other countries. And that has never happened before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's a movement. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, normally if things happen in the South and we have all the Southern states, you know, I want to do their thing mm-hmm. and vice versa in the North and everybody's kind of like sticking to that area. It could be us, but I think that uh, we're so diverse now um, that it was just, it's a, it's a different kind of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one we've, I don't, I can't say we've seen before no. because it used to be, you know, back in the sixties, people would go up North. My family, we had a lot of family that went up North. Mm-hmm. Um, avoid uh you know being involved in some type of racist situation but even to have um just an airy area i mean we're like no not gonna put up with it Mm -hmm. and um i just think that's very interesting and i just think that's gonna be that's a change we need Mm -hmm. because it has to stop i mean it's like can't go on forever you can't keep doing this we're not going to keep repeating history right um you know not going to keep letting people die um it, it just has to stop. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, um, it was interesting. I can't remember what small town, I think it was in North Carolina, but it it's, you know, one that was just kind of declared a Trump town. This is where, you know, nothing but Trump supporters. Right. Um, and they went out and protested, you know what I mean? And so I think that has, um, the Trump regime kind of fearful at how the election's going to go, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't know. I, I wish that we had better and I need to do more reading, but I, I wish we had a better group of candidates for the presidency. Um, and maybe I'm just misreading some and who knows, maybe, maybe there's one that's just awesome, but I do want everybody to vote. I think the fact that Snoop Dogg who has never voted has proclaimed he is coming <laughs> out to vote. vote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we only have, I mean, two candidates that's, yeah. you know, um, and 
I it, clearly I do not support Donald Trump. I'm not going to sit here and right. <laughs> try to show that <laughs> I don't support Donald Trump. Right. I'm entitled to my opinion. But yeah. um, I think that, I mean, we'll have this election. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that what we're looking at is, you know, four years from now, what is that going to look like? And mm-hmm. I think some of the young people we have in this particular movement will be just hitting the age where they can actually run for president. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time to get, um, like, you know, President Barack Obama was younger. I think I he think was the youngest that. president ever, was he not? Yeah. See, mm-hmm. we, yeah. See, we need, you know, if you could become a president at 32, and I think maybe you should start running at 32. Because <laughs> we, we need people who, it's not just like, you know, the younger uh, mm-hmm people in there, but people with a younger mindset, people that are more in tune to what's going on in the world now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think what what President Obama had was, you know, he had young people that that are part of Generation Z mm-hmm. that he was able to listen to and right. to understand and see their world. I remember reading something when he said, I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. I told you how he changed things. And I was like, OK, right. But he said that, mm-hmm. and then it was actually um, Biden who changed his mind and go, "Oh, wait a minute, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need a president who is not afraid to change his mind, right? You know, if you make a comment or a statement, and you may believe that, but you also believe in fairness and equality for everyone, mm-hmm. then you have to do something that's going to include everyone. And we need someone who's not afraid to make change, right? Um, you're not going to please everyone all the time, mm-hmm. and you need to be able to do that because when when everyone talks about Trump sticking to his base and he's preaching to his base and he's speaking to his base or whatever, so he has one little group of people, right? You know, he has a clique. Uh, it's just like in yeah, high school. Yeah, you know, or a cult. Right. You know, figured out one thing, they follow him in this direction, and he's falling off a cliff. We're just going to fall with him, you know. Right. And it's not like that. And they, these people are not listening to their grandchildren. Mm-hmm. They're not listening to you know. Their kids, it's like, you know, so we need someone, I think, in the White House who is able to hear. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who Joe Biden is going to get to run with him. Yeah. But he, I'm hoping, has someone running with him who has their pulse on this younger generation of people. Right. You know, the ones that are actually going to be part of a movement or create some team. Like see, Trump's already proven he's not going to create a team around him of younger people who's going to help him. And then if they did, even if he did it, they wouldn't, he, he would never listen because he's never listened. Right. But we need someone in there who they themselves don't think that they're all powerful, but they could definitely surround themselves with people, mm-hmm. um, you know, who really understands the United States of America and what, changes we need to make and how to make that happen Mm -hmm. and so i mean i'm not going to say i don't care who becomes president because i do care right uh but it's everyone else you know beyond the president of the united states that's going to help make this country great again Mm -hmm. um so i hate using that slogan (laughs) (laughs) I, but, <laughs> but yeah, you know, oh yeah, yeah, it's a great slogan. It's a great slogan. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but but you know we you know it's we did not. I don't know. I don't know what. Um, I think when people say that, some people have one thought process, and another one has a different thought process. But right, mine is centered around inclusion. Yeah, um, and so I think that that's that's what we need. 
Um, so, you know, we've got, we've got, we've got a lot of work to do. We do. Mm -hmm. And we need to open our eyes. We need to open our, our ears and pay attention to the people that are going to be running this country because Mm -hmm. people in my age, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to be retiring. Right. And we need to be listening to the people who are just now going to begin to come into the workforce Mm -hmm. because they're going to create what this world is going to look like. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I say the United States, but it really is the world, what the world is going to look like, because it has really, really spread. So for me to have someone from a, uh, a country that they are definitely oppressed to mm-hmm. say that, you know, they're fighting with us is amazing to me. Yeah. Um, it's well, like, wow, you know, because you can feel our pain. Right. And it's, it's just amazing. Yeah. Well, I think too many people have been devalued for too long and they just have accepted it. Like, well, this is, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like you're in a job with a low, um, you know, ceiling financially so that, you know, you'd really like a raise. You really need a raise. But yet you just accept, well, this is my lot in life. Almost like C-3PO said in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> but I, I agree with you. I think people around the globe, especially the indigenous peoples who have had so much stolen from them, whether Native Americans or, you know, the indigenous in um, Australia and Africa and these people who have just been looked down upon due to, you know, what Europe kind of set the standard for this. Um, you know, the the king just said, look, you know what? Um just go go pillage, go kill. I don't care. Just take over. Which um that mentality needs to stop. We and and so when the kids today and I remember getting so frustrated when kids are little and it's like, yeah, don't do that. Why? Because I said so. You know what I mean? Because sometimes <laughs> they're gonna keep on saying why, why, why? But as adults, we do need to be open to questions that are important because we status quo. We just keep on um, Mm -hmm. moving forward and we have each individual has so much to think about on a daily basis, bills, job, all this different stuff. And then, you know, enjoyment of life and uh, and life quality and all that stuff. And um, so there's sometimes, um, you know, when the wheel's not squeaking, you just think, hey, it's fine. And then the wheel falls off the car. And so mm-hmm. sometimes <laughs> these kids really think outside the box and they're like, Hey, um, you know, uh, why, why is this a thing? Because you think about how many kids, and this is a, the, just the microcosmic view. But I mean, if I declare to my kids, wow, I hate mint peas, which is one of Michelle's favorite things. I just don't care for it. But if I declare it being nasty, they're never going to try it for themselves. And sometimes right. when we declare, well, I hate paprika. Well, why do you hate paprika? Maybe it was just a bad mm-hmm. chef. You get what I'm saying? So um, mm-hmm. I think it's good for kids to question things, not to be belligerent and, and disrespectful, unless that's the only way someone's going to hear. But I mean, I think um, when someone's not heard, things get louder and louder and louder. So let's save time. And when somebody says, Hey, I've got a question for you. Is this a good time? Then stop your world for them and, and give them your attention so that maybe you can open your own mind. Exactly. Exactly. We, um, we get stuck with what we think and how we feel Mm -hmm. and kind of, um, I think we run out of the ability to be able to explain. Mm-hmm. I had someone tell me, oh, I feel like I'm, um, you know, on the defense. And if I say something, I've got to 
you know, defend it. And I said, no, it's like, if you have a thought or an idea and it doesn't include everyone, mm-hmm. um, you're welcome and entitled to that. But if someone asks you a question, maybe they're trying to either one, help themselves understand or trying to see what it is that you understand and why you feel that way. Mm-hmm. I think that if you say something and it's not inclusion, inclusionary of everyone, you have to be able to um, speak to why you feel that way mm-hmm. or don't say it. Right. If you're not ready to hold a conversation about something, don't randomly say something you know mm-hmm. um i i remember uh like you know you talk about paprika but <laughs> saying that there was a certain food that i just didn't care you know i don't like marshmallows mm-hmm. um and the response was well have you tried them on sweet potato pie i'm like no i never tried them on sweet potato pie because i don't like marshmallows <laughs> do you like sweet potato pie well i love sweet potato pie right. you know um, but it's very interesting because if you put marshmallows on top of sweet potato pie mm-hmm. and you brown it just a little bit, it's like really good. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, you know, I just, you know, but it's one of those things. It's like, um, you know, try it with something that you like, you know, mm-hmm. try it in mixed company. Right. Um, you know, you're going to have a pool party. Mm-hmm. You don't want a certain race of people there at your pool party. Well, does it's going to change the temperature of the water? It's going to change the <laughs> food that you eat. You know, what's going to happen if this person you know of a different nationality was going to try to prove body like why 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 is it so horrible mm-hmm. um and a lot know, of times it is just what what we've been told what we've been mm-hmm. taught mm-hmm. you know and you're looking back at the 60s and it's like oh my goodness i remember i can't remember the actress but um i want to say lena horn mm-hmm but that would have been before the 60s. But whatever the case may be, it was this black, famous black actress. Mm-hmm. She dipped her toes in the pool mm-hmm. and they had to drain the whole pool. Yeah. Is that not crazy? Um, that's crazy. Yeah. But they did. They drained the whole pool. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. What, what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you cannot explain that to me. Yeah. Um, so I say, well, just go take a swim. They got to drain the pool anyway. <laughs> you know, right. Just go take a swim, and, right. and you know. But it's it's one of those things. But we have that thing in our in our mind that oh, we can't, you know, we can't drink from the same fountain. We can't use the same bathroom. We right. can't swim in the same pool. Yeah. Why not? Right. And it's time for all the never, old, yeah. dusty, wrong ways mm-hmm. of thinking to be exposed to the light and the vacuum cleaner, and mm-hmm. let's change some minds. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I think, you know, people that are, or kids that are taught by parents mm-hmm. who have, um, racist beliefs, whatever, mm-hmm. they don't ask questions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they don't ask questions. And so you never know, you know, you know, I think, like you said, not being belligerent or anything, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, we definitely need to to ask. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was in the 1950s and it was Dorothy Dandridge. Yes. And there was um <laughs> there was a docu movie uh done about her mm-hmm. and the fact that mm-hmm. she would be asked to come and perform and everyone wanted to meet her but still had to come and go out the back door. Um mm-hmm. and and yes, well we have a hotel room for you, but it's, you know, like Mas- it just it and mm-hmm. everybody thought or Certainly not everybody, but too many people thought that was fine. And no one, there are people who will speak out and then there are people who are just sitting on the fence and they need that, uh, uh, what was the guy's name? Braveheart Wallace to say, Mm -hmm. this is wrong. Um, Follow me into battle, you know? And so, you know, we need those people to speak out, but not 
not yelling and screaming and, and scaring people, but just to say enough is enough and to have that calm, but yet without a doubt, people are going to say, yes, you are correct. If that makes any sense. I know I tend to get too loud at times and I know that, uh, some people see it as me being passionate. Some people see it as, wow, you're scaring the crap out of me. Um, you know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. Um, Mm -hmm. if you speak calmly, people listen and confidence will inspire people to follow and certainly love will as well. So, um, one thing, uh, and I don't know, it, it, a little side note here, Terry Crews. I don't know if you've had, you know, seen about his tweet about saying, um, oh, what is it? Uh, dialogue without, and this is the very bad paraphrase. I should have had this pulled up, but he said dialogue without white people being involved will lead to black supremacy. And everybody got really mad. I think I understood what he was saying um, in that we have to have dialogue. It definitely black lives matter. This has got to be our focus, but without everybody talking, then we are going to keep making mistakes. We all have to understand um, that, Black Lives Matter and changes have to be made, not just could be made, should be made, but have to be made. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, Terry Crews always seems like such a nice guy, but I feel bad in this day and age when someone will say, um, hey, there needs to be dialogue and maybe he worded it wrong. And I I get it. I I understand people's problem with that. But um, to to everybody just absolutely throwing, you know, rotten tomatoes at him. How does that inspire anybody to stand up and say, hey, here's my thought? Yeah. So so <laughs> Terry Crews is hilarious. Yeah. Um, as a comedian. Um, and that's why I said, you know, sometimes um, like I haven't written anything, but I definitely, you know, shared the <laughs> the uh, podcast right. because then people can kind of hear what you're saying in context. Right. And so because Terry Cruz, Cruz is married to a Caucasian woman, um, people probably assume that, oh, she's influencing uh, him somehow. Gotcha. Um, and that was a racist comment. You know, that's what they're that's that's the assumption on that. I side. gotcha. The the other side of that is that as a as a as a black person if you understand supremacy you will know that it doesn't have anything to do with race it's all about power and control mm-hmm. um there could never be black supremacy because we don't have the power we don't make the most money we don't have the control in the country right um and then if you're really looking at the movement of what it's doing right now it's not a black or a white one mm-hmm. and Terry Crews, I don't know. Cause I, don't, I, I know that he's hilarious. I don't necessarily follow his life like that, so I don't know if he has kids. But if he has kids, his kids are no, no longer black or white. Mm-hmm. See, it used to be if you had one, the one-drop Homer uh, right. versus um, Plessy, one-drop old and you're black. Right. Um, so just, you know, but but the thing of it is that people are not really identifying as black or white. They're mm-hmm. multiracial. They're biracial. Right. Um, and so they're taking on both. And so we're going to move from that anyway. So I think people probably shouldn't be as hard on him because we're not going to have black supremacy. Black people are not going to rise up and have all the money and all the power. <laughs> right. That's not how it works. You know, that, that would be, we'd have to be murdering some people and taking over their lives. I right. have no idea how they think that's going to happen. Yeah. And so I think he's not understanding the concept of that. So to say black supremacy is like, we've never had that before. So it's like, what concept? Where, where are you coming from? Right. But I do understand where he's coming from 
Um, and no, he didn't say it the right way because there's no such thing as black supremacy. <laughs> right. I think, in, to, and I don't want to defend him because I don't know him. Like I said, I just know him as a comedian, which I think is funny. But right. I think maybe putting it in context is that we need to have a dialogue. Right. Everyone needs to be talking. But that's the whole thing. You have to be able to speak from your heart and how you feel. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to analyze why you feel that way, mm -hmm. especially if you're not including everyone. Um, and you have to be open to a discussion and open to change if it's necessary. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's what a dialogue is all about because um, I'm pretty sure I can have, you know, a, a, a cop who has um, killed an arm armed person of color to say, I felt as though my life was threatened. All I ask is that you explain to me why you felt like really in the moment, why did you feel your life was threatened? Mm -hmm. And because that person didn't have a gun, because you had had him already subdued, restrained, mm -hmm. um, you know, we'll, we'll do the, the, the knee on the neck. You had already done that. At what point in time did you no longer fear this person? Because if you stopped fearing this person that you had detained and subdued with your knee on his neck, when he stopped breathing or when he stopped moving, mm -hmm. then you have to know that your your motivation to remain where you were came from a different place. Right. It wasn't a place of you trying to protect and serve because you were not protecting and serving anyone. And unfortunately for that particular situation, him having his hands in his pocket spoke volumes to me because mm -hmm. I was like, you're resting, you're comfortable you're not going to move right. and you're making, you're really making a statement by having your hands in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Cause you're like, I got my whole body weight on this person's neck. I'm not, I, I'm good. Right. And so I think that Terry Crews is saying, we need to have a conversation that everyone's included. I understand what he's where coming from. And I didn't read the thing. It was my first time hearing about it, but <laughs> that's the only way that I can speak um, of trying to understand where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I can, I can see why they were throwing rotten tomatoes at him. Cause it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about black supremacy? Right. That, that, that doesn't, that's not anything. Right. Uh, but I think to have a dialogue with him, because I, I heard him speak. I think he's, uh, you know, when he wasn't being funny, um, right. he talked about his life. I remember, I remember him, I can't remember who was interviewing him, but he talked about being abused and things like that. Mm -hmm. So he's been through a lot. Right. Um, and, and, um, I would, I would think that he would want to include, everyone since he's in this you know this um you know this biracial relationship right you know i think i think he would want to include everyone but um that's just a you know it, if you have situations that are in um uh, people that are in relationships and they're not including everyone mm -hmm. and their person not their partner is not the same color as them then that person uh might have some self hate going on mm -hmm. um and so because when i think about people like megan markle who is you know, she's, um, you know, she's biracial and she's, you know, married to her husband and she has a son who looks like he might not be biracial, even though I know he is. <laughs> but uh, she's, you know, she did this powerful speech about, you know, Black Lives Matter and realizing that regardless of what her son looks like, she does now have a black son. Mm -hmm. um, and, and knowing that one reason why she's in Canada versus being, you know, in her in her husband's country is because people were able to look at her and see that she was black. Nope. It, you know, mm -hmm. my grandfather used to say, America will always remind you that you're black, no matter how much money you have or how far you grow, how high, how much education mm -hmm. you have, they're mm -hmm. going to remind you. And so don't you ever forget it yourself. Right. <clears throat> that is really comes from uh, a place of um, trying to teach people to know their place, mm -hmm. you know, cause we're, we're talking about something that's a hundred years old at this point, but 
you know, kind of knowing your place. And I don't think that we, we as black society have that kind of place anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what, what Cruz is saying is that everyone is in this place and we're trying to, you know, work together. But yeah, I probably would have thrown a rotten tomato at him. <laughs> um, talking about black supremacy. What are you talking about? That, that right. the, That's not going to happen. And that's not the goal. Right. Um, but I think he's just, you know, to, to, you know, think about what you're saying, put it in context is that we need to all have a dialogue. We do. Mm-hmm. We need to, we need to be talking to each other. And that's one thing that I think that the youth have over us as older adults is that they hold conversations among each other. Mm-hmm. And but their friends are so diverse, they have to accept each other mm-hmm. because that's the life that they live in. Right. You know, to to think that your twenty one year old child has a black friend and a Hispanic friend and an Asian friend, uh, and a transgender friend mm-hmm. and a gay friend, and a multiracial friend. You know, a friend that's an actor, a friend that works at a grocery store, a, a friend <laughs> right. that cleans up, cleans up poop. It's no different than having different different roles and jobs. It's just that we are all so inclusionary. I mm-hmm. mean, it used to be the only diversity you got when people were talking about diversity. When I was you know, in the Marine Corps, we were talking about equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. And diversity was just centered around black, white, and Hispanic. Right. That was it. Um, and then we, you know, exclude the Native Americans right. and there's, you know, um, this include the Indians from India. Right. And, uh, you know, and then we talk about the Muslim nation and uh, the Asian nations and we're just kind of putting them in there. But we are so diverse beyond our race mm-hmm. um, that it's, it's just not about black and white anymore. So I don't think it's going to be black supremacy. I think we just want to get rid of white supremacy mm-hmm. and not have anyone more supreme to the other person. And I think that Terry Cruz. Uh, just, uh, you know, perhaps use the wrong, a wrong choice of words. Right. And I think that if someone was having a conversation with him, um, he could probably explain where he's coming from. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things you know, I don't like about social media is like, we can do videos on social media. Let's start doing videos. Um, uh, because just, um, tweeting or saying whatever you're going to say is no different than sending a text message. Right. That's all kids with exclamation points right. at the end. And other person saying, Oh my God, you're yelling at me. Right. And they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. The, the caps was lost. Right. Right. An and their little I'm light so was sorry. burned out. So they didn't even know it. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so, you know, so, so we have to, um, you know, we just have, we have to give people mm-hmm. grace and just uh, do our best to try to understand where everyone's coming from. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm not too quick to assume what this person may have 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 said or done. Right. I think right now the only person that really confuses me is the president of the United States. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I'm so lost. Yeah, um, because I'm used to him. I don't I don't listen to him a whole lot, uh, and that's my right not to listen to him. Mm-hmm. But I'm really really um, torn because I, I think I expected him to come out and speak. I expected mm-hmm. him to you know, have more rallies. I just, I think I had a higher expectation and it just seems like he just is, he doesn't seem like a person that would cower and it seemed like to me he's cowered. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't understand what happened unless he is afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's scary to me because mm-hmm. I think in everything that I thought about him, I didn't think he believed in inclusion. I thought he really wanted things to go back to where they were. But not necessarily, um, this was four years ago, not necessarily just straight up racist. Right. And now I'm like, hmm, I, I, uh, this is racist behavior. So I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I'm, yeah, I'm just confused. I was like, wow, we elected a president who cannot speak to all the people. And right. that's really weird. Yeah. That's weird. Cause I, you know, I have people like, I'm not a Mitt Romney fan and he was marching and um, protesting. And I'm like, you know, so when do we get to the point where even if we believe something, we realize that it may not be for all the people. And so then we start working towards all the people. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so interesting to me for him not to have taken a stand at all. So mm-hmm. I don't know. He is the president of the United States of America. Like you're, you know, you've got to you know you got to rally us together somehow. Right. Um, um, yep. You know, give us words of encouragement and and at least pretend you're speaking to everyone. I don't know. It's just like I don't understand why he's not. Um, maybe maybe his advisors are telling him not to to speak but um i think <laughs> I that's yeah i don't know i think that's the, the only thing that's really confused me about what's going on in the country right now it's yeah. like we got a lot of uh unrest and you're the president of the united states i don't i don't care but you're making our country look bad by not saying something mm-hmm. um because we are starting to feel like we don't have a leader right um and that's you're the leader like mm-hmm. you can't run for president again when the time that we needed you the most between coronavirus mm-hmm. and you know racial unrest that you can speak for us. Right. Uh, that's disturbing. Well, and, and yeah. as much as politically things polit- from Trump and on down, that's divided mm-hmm. the nation. But um, George Floyd has united not only a nation, but the world. And mm-hmm. where you hear, you know, the, um, oh my gosh, where was it over in the Hawaiian Islands where they were um, wanting to build the big telescope and destroy sacred ground? And mm. so there was, you know, uh, everybody was out there trying to stop them and protest and, and peaceful protest. And, um, but it's like I saw a post where that group has said, yes, we are joining, um, you know, this protest. Um, in support of racial equality. So it's even these diverse peoples are still coming together because they understand that everybody, that human rights need to be above all else. And they haven't been for far too long there. And it's hard for me to understand how people could not see, you know, what's going on around them. Um, And maybe they are just uh, their friends, their little groups are um, they're all the same. They're all just like the individual. There's no, um, you know, it's more like a bunch of clones and clone mentality uh, versus mm-hmm. actually being able to see what's going on. Um, and there was uh, an article in the Atlantic by John McWhorter. I'm probably mispronouncing his name, but he was speaking directly on the definition of racist and that some people don't understand what a racist is because they're in that pocket of racist. You know what I mean? So just mm-hmm. because your immediate circle agrees with your bad ideology doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be put in check. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just, you know, that's another thing that we all, you know, need to be discussing. It, you know, and again, like you say, it's, it's, I don't want to call it indoctrination, but I guess it is when your parents raise you to think a certain thing, which is hateful, um, mm-hmm. then you have been indoctrinated you, and you need to stop and question why you believe that anyone on this planet is inferior mm-hmm. as an artist. And this is one of the things I'm posted on Facebook. I, I 
tired of being I, I've I've been formulating my ideas for far too long. So it's uh I just kept posting this morning and um it's been interesting some of the responses. But um you know but it, it's it's one of those things where um and I've lost my train of thought thinking about uh, the stuff that I posted on Facebook. But it's um it, it's time to challenge the belief and for every body to start moving things forward in a positive direction. And, um, but it was interesting and I know I'm hopping around here. I apologize. One of the things that someone commented on my, you know, cause Minneapolis was talking about disbanding their police force. And I questioned that. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. so one person was in agreement, but yet, uh, took it one step further and said, you know, there are good cops, but the only good cops are the ones that are willing to name and confront the bad cops, which while mm-hmm. I agree with that, Morally, that's tough when you have house payments and car payments. And, um, you know, if you are cut out of that group, then are you going to uh, reap, you know, parking tickets and and um, and all and brutality? You're going to have to uproot, uproot your family and move on. So it's it's tough. Mm-hmm. And I'm not excusing those cops who chose to turn a blind eye, especially when someone's being choked out, begging for their life. Um, but it's, it's tough. And I feel for these cops that are stuck in the middle and, and they want to be policemen, but yet, um, you know, feel that maybe they need to step down or, or whatever. But, um, Mm -hmm. but anyway, but she brought up a very good point in that, you know, um, their silence is enabling the bad behavior to continue and the shields of bad officers, uh, from detection, and it's aiding and abetting. So that's that's a good point. And and so I guess yeah. that's my point is that everybody has a view. And if we will just slow down and say, you know what, that's a very good point. Um, and you don't necessarily have to agree. I happen to agree with what the lady mm-hmm. said. Um, everybody mm-hmm. should be held accountable. But that's that's including all of us who sit in our homes feeling protected by the police that may be the very problem. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think. I mean, I think that part of that problem is that not everyone is feeling protected by the police. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. There are some people who are not going to call the police. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's some battered women um, who are not going to call the police because it's like, you know, I'm being hurt and I want you to come and take this person out of my house, mm-hmm. but I don't want you to kill him. Right. I just want you to remove him right? and to know that you're move you're removing him so that I am safe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't want to be with him anymore, but he's the father of my children. And so there are some people, you know, they're in situations they would not call the cops because, right. you know, that um, they don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need, we have to get to a point where we can trust the police again. We can trust mm-hmm. that they're going to uphold justice. We can trust that if they say, I just want to ask you a question, you know, that's, um, they're just going to ask you a question, but <laughs> too many people have gotten, you know, killed because of a routine traffic stop right. or um, police officers were afraid that they were going to do something. I mean, there are other ways to detain people other than shooting them. And I think the whole, like we, you know, we learned that when you, like we have arms and legs, you can shoot people if you're really afraid right. that they're going to do something to you. You know, you can shoot them in the arm, you can shoot them in the leg, but we've got this, you know, shooting people in the head, shooting people in the back right. where they're leaving, shooting them 15 times. It's like, what are we doing? Right. You know, where you're, that's the, at what point does it become, um, I was afraid to, I'm just a murderer. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, that's even if a, if a woman is being attacked and she, um, 
somehow gets a gun or a knife or whatever and she assaults her attacker, you know, beyond the third shot or mm-hmm. knife stab, they said you at one point in time did you just lose your mind? Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, you could have shot, you know, one time and got away, but you just kind of like went back and just emptied the magazine. None of it made any sense. Right. And it's like the same thing is once you subdue someone, realize they don't have a weapon, mm-hmm. got them in handcuffs, you know, um, at what point in time are you going to get up off their neck? Right. Like you, you cannot think rationally. You did not think that through. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's wrong with, with society is like enough is enough. Like you can do what you can do your job. Nobody's going to tell you you can't do your job. Mm-hmm. And if you feel uncomfortable, I guess you feel uncomfortable, but at what point do you stop? Mm-hmm. You stop before you kill someone. Right. You stop before you get them in a position that you're going to maim them and that you're going to keep them from going home to their family. Because mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. You broke the law. At least I think you did. And so I'm going to do something until I find out what happened. Right. And I think that that's um, – so we do have to police our own. Police have to police their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think we've always um, depended on them to do that. So for, for someone to say, yeah, they need to they need to police their own, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you're talking about someone who's like, you know, 18 cases of police brutality against them. Right. They have a boss. It's like, really, you know, if you, you know, you have a regular job and you go to job, you're not getting written up 18 times. Mm -mm. You might get written up three times and then they're going to fire you. Right. And so when you're talking about having a home or whatever, you should not be penalized for going to report someone who is not doing their job. Right. That person should say thank you, and then you go about your way. So your job should not be at risk, and you should not feel like you're going to be bullied because you turn someone in. Mm-hmm. You know, I could turn you in without saying that you were racist. I'm just saying that his behavior towards that person, regardless of the color of their skin, right. was not, you know, um, you know, in conjunction with what we've been taught and how we're supposed to to treat people. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe he needs some, um, you know, re-education. Right. Maybe we need to, you know, redo some things. Maybe mm-hmm. he needs a remedial course. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, let's go figure out what's going on and then come back. And that's that's all. That's that's the first thing we need to do. Things, rules and regulations need to be put into place and so that they can police their own without feeling though there's going to be some repercussions. Right. So, yeah, just be, we've, we've got to do better. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do better. I, I really do believe that things are changing and that they're going to stay changed mm-hmm. and it's just going to be a different world. So, mm-hmm. uh, because my whole concept of all the racist people are going to eventually pass away is probably not going to happen. So <laughs> that was, you know, that was my, yeah my hope. That's not going to happen. So yeah. I saw a, a young man in his car. He, he was in the front and he was saying, you know, um, F, Black Lives Matter, and he was holding up his mm. middle finger, and, and that was not relevant at all. But behind mm-hmm. him was his six-year-old sitting in the back seat doing the same thing. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you know. So that's, you know, there was a book called uh, "The Miseducation of the Negro," mm-hmm. and I was like, this is this is the miseducation of the, the white kid, right? Um, and you, what, why would you say that to him? Because this kid's gonna go to um, a school. Mm-hmm depending on what neighborhood you live in and he's going to go go to school with people of all races. Mm -hmm. And then you think that he's going to grow up to think that he's more superior to them. But if he's the only white kid in there, Mm -hmm. he's going to grow up thinking that he's alone. 
and no one else agrees with his thoughts or his beliefs. So then now something's wrong with him Mm -hmm. because schools don't look the way they used to look. So it used to be that the only time you had someone of a different ethnicity in your school was when they bust somebody over. And that might have been, you know, two or three percent of your school. Mm -hmm. But now schools are more like, you know, 25 percent Caucasian, 25 percent Hispanic, 25 percent other, you know, 20. (laughs) So so, you, you know, you. You may or may not have any friends. If no one else in the world thinks like you, your child is going to be isolated. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have other type of behavior problems, going to be deemed a bully because he's trying to, you know, create some movement that <laughs> nobody wants to hear about it more. Right. And so, you know, why, don't do that to your kid. Yeah. This is not this is not this is not your grandfather's America anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I um I saw this meme, I hesitate to say it. But it was a picture <laughs> it was a it was a picture of a of a um black young female and she had everybody had their their signs and their protest sign and her sign it says we are not our ancestors we will f you up <laughs> and i was like do i dare share this i did not but i, I was like that is like you know because i just like you know because we you know when you think about the holocaust and you think about mm-hmm. you know african-americans you know being brought over here being made slaves mm-hmm. we were in a situation where you know, the Holocaust is is uh, is uniquely different because the people were uh, tortured and tormented mm-hmm. and murdered by their friends, you know, uh, people that they knew, people that they looked like. Mm-hmm. So that was horrible. Um, but we're no longer as African-Americans brought from one country to a country where we didn't speak the language. Mm-hmm. The blacks that they have in the United States of America or Americans, mm-hmm. they speak all the languages, some, some other languages, you know, mm-hmm. so you can't do the same thing. You can, you're not going to put your foot on their neck because they understand what that is and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And they're not afraid to move your foot. And that's the thing. That's the difference. You know, um, African-Americans were able to be enslaved because they did not understand the country. They did not understand the culture. Right. They did not understand the language. And um, because they came from so many other tribes, they could not speak to each other either. Mm-hmm. So by the time they were able to speak, they were speaking the English mm-hmm. that you were, you know, you had taught them. And some were afraid. It's like the only way for me to survive is to do this. Right. Well, yeah. And so if I see somebody that looks like me gets murdered because they didn't listen, so I know I need to listen. Well, we're not dogs. are not going to be trained like that. Right. When you murder someone now, it's like everyone is going to speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just, you know, African-Americans or black Americans. It's, it's a different, it's a different world. Right. It's a different time and people are not afraid to die. Mm-hmm. And honestly, with people, so many people believe in a reincarnation. I think people are like, I'm going to come back stronger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, yeah. but it, it's, a, it's just a different world. And so, you know, I'm hoping that the people who were miseducated will grow up and start listening to what society and what their own children are really saying to them. Mm-hmm. To see that we have to change, we have to do better, and no one's better than the other. Like you work hard, you get ahead, and that's really what America should be about. It's what it's supposed to be about, and you just move forward. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to walk around being afraid. I'm not going to teach my son to be afraid. Cautious, yes, mm-hmm. um, but not. We're not going to live in fear, right? And I don't think people should live in fear. Um, but it's a very real fear, especially when you don't have. Uh, funds and you don't have a job and you know that you have to do certain things in order to, you know, earn your living. Um, you know, what are you going to do? Like you said, the police officers, you know, they have, they have to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. 
you know, um, some people are going to have to change their profession, but there are some people who don't have the education and don't have knowledge and they have to, you know, clean houses or whatever and work for someone that may not always respect them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to get away from, from that. We need to be able to expect, respect everyone on every level, mm-hmm. regardless of the job that they do and the status that they're in. And, um, that's a whole new conversation about the whole status mm-hmm. thing and where people fit in categories. I think that um, Generation Z needs to work on that too. So mm-hmm. shout out to Generation Z. Gotta mm-hmm. <laughs> stop allowing us to separate ourselves and, and think that one person is better than the other because they have so much money. Um, right. I, I remember when, I, maybe it was about a year ago, um, everyone was saying, you know, where is Oprah? Because she had so much money and so much power. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't think we realize that we give her that that power. Um, and so we're just as powerful. Mm-hmm. We just have to do it in, in more voices because she had a different platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we need to start believing in ourselves and our ability to be able to, to make change happen. Indeed. And I think that, Indeed. Because yeah. without hope, yes. there's no point in doing anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I have a lot of work to do, um, <laughs> but it's doable. Yeah, and I'm just watching. Yeah, <laughs> you were saying, I just, I'm just, I'm just watching and mm-hmm. uh, in awe and uh, of of the change. I just, I don't think it's going to take forever. I think it's it's happening right now mm-hmm. as we speak, um, and a lot of people are speaking out. But you know, I say to Terry Crews, who's probably not ever going to listen to our podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you're funny. Yeah. You know, like I said, I don't follow your life, but I do know, you know, um, that you're in an interracial marriage. I do uh, know that you've been through a lot when you were young and you made, you know, decisions in your life that was like good for that, whatever. Seen a couple of your shows. Um, love you. Loved you. And uh, what was he in? Was uh, I can't remember the name of the show. Was it uh, Brooklyn 911? No, it was when he got out of prison and he was talking to the little guy and he goes, I like my fish squirmy. Uh, I, just <laughs> I never saw that, that one. That <laughs> <laughs> was like creepy. But, um, you know, so, but I'm just saying, you know, uh, if you want a platform, you want people to hear what you're saying. Um, I hopefully he can understand that, you know, people know there's not going to be any black supremacy. Mm-hmm. Don't repeat things that you hear that someone else has said to you. It doesn't make any sense. Just give yourself a platform where you have your voice and you can actually say, like, like verbally right. say whatever you have to say or make a video or something so people can understand. Because uh, I wouldn't want someone who they, you know, we, we like and we enjoy listening to, to be sent down a, a wrong path because they misunderstood something that he was saying. Right. So I think everyone has a has a, you know, it's a place for everyone to use their voice. Uh, it's time for everyone to talk. Um, and I, I, I'm hoping that he's looking at the, the at everyone is actually looking at the protesters and seeing mm-hmm. that there are no protesters where you're just seeing, you know, minorities. You're seeing right. everyone together. Mm-hmm. And, and so all voices are being heard. Um, all nationalities are out there. It's it's really amazing because even in frames, I'm looking at frames and I don't see groups of people where I think there's a click over here and a click over there. I'm right. like, everyone is together. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I think, I think that, you know, he needs to take a look at that maybe and just, and see that we're working together and people need to see that, you know, he comes from a place of trying to have a conversation, you know, um, <laughs> we're, we're still stuck in the house with COVID-19. He might just only have one or two people to talk to. And so, uh, <laughs> 
know, create, create, create a conversation, create a dialogue. Right. And I think is we need to all do that, uh, create dialogue, start them and, um, you know, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Let's, 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 you know, take your time to hear, um, you may not like marshmallows, but they'll take, taste really good on sweet potato pie. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yep. Well, that, and I liked Just what try. you finished up the last podcast with, um, the thought that this will change because the generation Z and all the kids that are, you know, I mean, just like Roxley, they could grow up in a different world than we did, you know, where all men are created equal. Yeah. Your granddaughter is definitely going to be, she's going to teach you so much. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a whole different world. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not going to remember this and what's going to come after this is just going to be great. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's, it's just going to be a whole different world. She's going to like, what is that? What in the world was wrong with <laughs> yeah. people? You know, yeah. like, you know, and, um, she's going to be shocked. She's going to be looking at, at things on television and going, what in the world, what is that? And mm-hmm. and not believe that it was ever even true. And I think that's just how much we're going to grow. Yeah. So, Yeah. Definitely. That's the power there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe. <laughs> I do. I do believe that. Yeah. So we've got a lot of work to do. I say we just kind of keep, keep moving and support our young people and keep rising them up. And, you know, we're, we're older people. We've been through a lot, but we don't know everything. That's right. Thank you for listening to this episode of 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 18 Degrees Below Horizon and on Twitter at 18 Degrees Below. You'll find links to your host social media accounts there too. If you have topics you want to hear discussed, reach out to us via social media or our extra long email address, 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, remember happiness is possible. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.